Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Barbell Cairo Cast. Um, so a topic that I thought I could talk a little bit more about um, that you've heard me mention in some of the other episodes is evidence-based medicine. <clears throat> and so in this uh, episode, I'll, I'll briefly kind of go over uh, essentially what evidence-based medicine is, kind of my take on it, maybe some specific examples, uh, so on and so forth. So um, evidence-based medicine is kind of... Uh, classically de defined or described as uh, having like a three-pronged approach to medicine um, and the three in no particular order are patient values, clinical expertise, and then best current research. And so I'll kind of break some of those down. So <clears throat> evidence-based medicine as a whole or why it's even something that people practice, it, it sounds pretty you know self-explanatory or common sense, right? We want to try and use the best evidence that we have to guide what we're going to do for medicine. Uh, but really what it comes down to is, is as uh, medicine has evolved over the years, um, it's a, an approach that can do a few things for us. It can, if we're implementing the best evidence that we've got, um, when we implement evidence-based medicine with, with care, we can have good quality care. So we're, we're providing the, the best interventions for the different uh, <clears throat> illnesses, sickness, uh, uh, conditions that, that come uh, see us in the clinic um, and when we give you know patients quality care that's based off of, of, of research we tend to get better outcomes than than uh, interventions that don't have much support behind them and so when we get uh, patients better through quality care that also saves money on on health care as a whole and so <clears throat> that's kind of the whole overarching principle of evidence-based medicine is, is taking stuff that's uh, been shown to be true in, in research um, coupling that with clinical expertise or, or the years people have under their belts uh, practicing medicine in their specific field and then taking that and kind of wrapping that into how can we uh, give this to the patient with their best interest in mind. Um, and again, all of this is, is the, the main principles is to have good, affordable, quality healthcare. Um, and so, you know, kind of breaking some of these uh, points down, specifically the patient values uh, portion of it, <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, an example that I can think of is, is maybe someone has low back pain, they're not really sure what to do or where to go, um, but they, in, in their mind, they don't want to have a surgical intervention. Um, <clears throat> so that should be taken into consideration when they're going through different options of what they can be doing for their low back pain. And so if they were to go to uh, a physician and that physician, the first recommendation is a surgical intervention uh, without really consulting back and forth with the, the patient, that doesn't really take into consideration what the patient wants. Um, or vice versa, you know, maybe the patient has the, the means to just um, have a surgical intervention and they don't want to go the conservative route. Now, of course, that kind of gets into, you know, um, what we should be doing to best uh, or what the research suggests is best care of different things, and that's kind of obviously coupled with some of these different uh, topics in evidence-based medicine. Um, but but that's one aspect of, you know, if, if a patient wants um, a certain type of treatment or maybe a certain route in terms of, of treatment, that's something that we can should take into consideration. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're just going to give them what they want. If, if that was the case, then, you know, obviously it'd be super easy for patients to come in and just dictate care. And that's not, you know, what, what medicine should be. 
Um, <clears throat> but patient value. So, so as we deliver uh, our care to patients, we should be having some sort of back and forth with the patient, letting them uh, know what's going on and, and listening to, to what they're saying and what they're kind of wanting from us as a healthcare uh, professional. Uh, clinical expertise, that kind of is exactly what it sounds like. Um, you know, obviously, <clears throat> uh, this holds a lot of weight, especially um, in different uh, fields of medicine where, you know, if someone's been practicing for, for many, many years, uh, they've, they've seen the X, Y, or Z condition multiple times. They've, you know, af after seeing that that many times, they, they start to get a, a better understanding of what responds to certain things, what interventions tend to have better results, um, and, and timelines for different conditions, things of that nature. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, obviously as we spend more and more time in the clinic seeing patients day in and day out, well, hopefully what we can start to do is kind of chip away at really um, taking the research and making it very, very uh, patient-specific or essentially very applicable. Um, and then kind of tying that into the third point here, best current research. So <clears throat> the you know clinical expertise and, and best current research kind of obviously play hand-in-hand, hand, but when you look at research, and, and I try and do really good about staying up to date with as, as best I can, you know, the musculoskeletal world, um, different conditions, um, different treatment uh, modalities, things of that nature. Um, <clears throat> when we're looking at research, you have to realize that, let's say they do a, a randomized controlled trial, which is kind of the gold standard for, for doing research. Um, when they compare one group to another with a different treatment option or testing, um, how we can resolve certain conditions, we have to understand that they're essentially asking a very, very specific question. Um, and, and with that question, typically the population that they'll do research on or is in the research study is kind of a narrow uh, uh, population, generally speaking. So, you know, when they do a research study, there's usually inclusion and exclusion criteria for specific people that they want. And this is just an example. This isn't exactly how research is always done, but let's say they recruit people and they want them between 20 and 25 uh, years old. Um, they want someone who's a male with low back pain that's been going on for, you know, <clears throat> I don't know, a month, but no longer than six months, something along those lines. Um, and maybe some other specific criteria for the low back pain itself. Um, and then they go to a research study looking at maybe different treatment options uh, in different groups for that population. When they come out to the end of that research study itself, we're going to have a pretty good answer for the type of back pain that they had um, for a treatment option with that specific population. So then what we have to do when we're interpreting this or applying evidence-based medicine is we need to take that research or what it says, you know, if, if this treatment is good for this thing, using the, these many uh, number of, of patient encounters, um, <clears throat> using uh, these this different approach, uh, we have to mold that into, okay, well, what does that look like for when the back pain is a little bit different? It's similar, but maybe it's different in terms of the presentation. Um, 
and in a different population. So uh, as that, that example I mentioned earlier, 20 to 25 year old male, maybe you've got a 45 year old female that comes into your office um, with similar but different style of, of back pain than that paper reported. Now obviously I'm being very specific here in terms of that's one paper for one, you know, that's just an example. So we have to kind of take the, <clears throat> the bulk of the research and try and pick um, apart you know, where does the patient who comes into my clinic day in and day out, where do they fit into what the research tells me, right? <clears throat> and so again, that's kind of uh, this evidence-based medicine approach. And of course, I'm coming at this from the musculoskeletal world. So again, uh, low back pain, shoulder pain, knee pain, uh, most things that, that ache throughout the body, you know, what is the best option for this? Um, <clears throat> but then outside of that, you know, we need to know not just treatment options for this condition, but <clears throat> overall management of the case and uh, management in an evidence-based uh, world, right? So if let's say we have a patient who we suspect disc type pain, you know, there's some good research out there for conservatively treating disc and uh, radiculopathy type uh, pain. Um, but if we don't get the results we're looking for, um, eventually sending for imaging, eventually talking about a ortho neuro, neuro consult um, might be something down the road. And, and while we manage that case or while that patient is in, in our care, <clears throat> we need to know um, what some best options are for that. For example, um, if we're looking at the same example of, of low back that might be a, a disc type uh, pain, um, should that patient just be uh, pushed off in, in uh, undergo uh, spinal fusion, right? Uh, fusing a, a couple of levels of the spine, or should we look at something like a microdiscectomy, or should we be looking at something like a, an injection? So obviously these are things that I don't do specifically, but I need to be aware of um, different management options for, and that's again, just the low back pain <clears throat> case. Now, <clears throat> I'm, again, I'm coming at this from musculoskeletal world. So this evidence-based medicine is an idea or basically a, a practice that um, really goes on throughout all of medicine. And, and the reason why I kind of make a specific episode about this is I just want uh, patients to be aware that evidence-based medicine kind of has, you know, again, that three-stool or three-legged approach. And so as patients go into a clinician's office, in a perfect world, they should be kind of looking for making sure that that physician practices some sort of evidence-based care. Um, <clears throat> and I'm sure that patients would want that. Don't you want the you know, best quality research studies, things like that, that suggest that what we're doing has an actual measurable beneficial effect? Um, <clears throat> I would guess most people would say yes. And so, you know, not only should we be as patients going into a clinician's office looking at, you know, um, are they using current evidence? Are they um, maybe even uh, letting, letting us have uh, some of the literature that, that they're using to, to kind of dictate their practice? But we should also be <clears throat> considering uh, our, our own values or patient values. So what are you expecting or wanting from care? Are you wanting more of a conservative option and some uh, choices that you can have in that conservative route? <clears throat> or, you know, are, are you just looking to um, basically uh, use your physician as somebody to help dictate care, so on and so forth. But <clears throat> um, I want patients to, to understand that, you know, they play a role in, in this evidence-based medicine approach and, and that uh, just because even if someone's you know, spouting off a bunch of research, that doesn't always mean that just because they're doing that, 
means that they're practicing this evidence-based model. There's there's multiple levels that play into that. Um, but anyway, so that's kind of in a nutshell, um, evidence-based medicine, kind of uh, some of the ins and outs of it. Hopefully that makes sense to you guys. Again, a lot of these episodes I'm just recording uh, one time through, no editing, things of that nature, so kind of just rambling off the top of my head. Um, <clears throat> but again, the whole idea behind this evidence-based medicine is that um, clinicians giving patients quality care, helping improve patient care and patient outcomes because it's quality care. And then obviously if we're improving outcomes in terms of getting better sooner, uh, things of that nature, we uh, start to lessen the financial burden on the patient and then on the healthcare system as a whole, right? So again, this evidence-based uh, medicine model, and this isn't anything new. This has been stuff that has been going on for years. It's just, um, you know, in the last uh, decade or more, it's becoming more of a I wouldn't say this is how people should practice, but basically this is, you know, the the idea, especially in something like what what I treat, you know, conservatively, um, where the research in some fields is, is not very strong, where we have to be really, really um, diligent in trying to make sure that we keep up to date with best current evidence and not just using oh, old hat or, or whatever it may have been that uh, uh, people used to treat this thing years and years and years ago. Um, again, hope this makes sense, um, and that kind of wraps up my, my evidence-based medicine uh, chat, and uh, again, hopefully you took something away, hopefully you, you learned something. Um, if you want, you can follow me at uh, on Instagram at barbell underscore Cairo. Um, for now, that's probably where I'm going to uh, have people send questions if you got them. If you got any questions that you might uh, want me to kind of rant about for a bit, by all means, uh, shoot me a message on, on Instagram. And uh, I'll do my best to tackle that. Um, also, you know, obviously, like, subscribe, all that great stuff to the podcast. And if you know anybody who might be interested in, in this uh, topic or the subject, uh, please go ahead and, and share this, send it to them. And uh, I'd be very, very grateful. Thanks, and bye-bye.